Welcome to Become an Idol. This is Episode 9, E-Learning Community Project with Dana Kokalis. I am Dr. Robin Sargent, owner of Idol Courses. This is the place where newbies come to learn and veterans share their knowledge. In this episode, I'll be chatting with the LinkedIn famous Dana Kokalis about her journey to become an idol and the e-learning community project she led and learned from last year. Dana is the owner of e-learning by Dana and a regular LinkedIn conversation starter. Last year, we met when she started the e-learning community project by posting on LinkedIn. Stay tuned to hear all about it. I have here with me today, Dana Kokalis, and I actually met Dana through LinkedIn, but then we became more closely associated because she started this amazing project, and it was called the ELCP, and we'll talk more about that. And so I got into this e-learning community project with Dana, and we just kind of uh, built a bond over uh, shared instructional design and online learning and uh, working with community. And so we went through the process of the ELCP together, and I wanted to bring Dana on to talk about herself and her company, um, how she became an instructional designer, but especially about the ELCP, what it was, what she did, what kind of she, uh, what she learned about the ELCP. So Dana, will you please tell our audience uh, who you are and about your company and those kinds of introductory things? Sure, absolutely. Hey, this is Dana. Hi, guys. How are you? Uh, I am an e-learning creator and developer. I've been an instructional designer for about seven years now. I've been in learning and development for 25 years, um, a long time. And uh, so now I've decided to go with my own company as a freelance contractor with e-learning by Dana and I'm staying very busy and uh, it's very exciting. I've been in business for about a year now and clients seem to love my work. So that is me. That's awesome. So you are a true idol too, right? You're an instructional designer and an online learning developer. Yes. Yes, definitely. Yeah. I started with instructional design. I know we'll get more into that, but I started with instructional design ILT courses, and then jumped into e-learning just to see what everything was all about. So how did you actually land your first instructional design job? Like where were you? And then when did you get your title? Uh, that is interesting. So the, sh- the, the short long story or the long short story <laughs> <laughs> is I started at Sprint PCS with really finding out what instructional design was. We had one instructional designer on staff and I kept uh, going over to her cubicle, whether she wanted me to or not. <laughs> and I asked her all kinds of questions about instructional design. Then I get introduced to e-learning heroes and articulate. So I started reading all of their articles and it wasn't until later, uh, I would have to estimate maybe seven years later, 10 years later, that I, that I got my first actual instructional designer title. 
at a company at a mortgage company where I did a hundred percent storyline and um, e-learning development. How did you make that switch? I had been doing e-learning development a little bit here and there for different companies that I worked for, but it wasn't my 100% job. And before I got hired for this mortgage company, I was really thinking, because I had tried so many times, been on so many interviews, I didn't have the experience, I didn't have whatever they were looking for. And I even thought to myself, like, is this something that I should really still do or should I give up and start from scratch again? Because it's something I'm doing is not working. And it was literally no joke. Like a few days after that, that all of a sudden I land this instructional design role at the mortgage company. So destiny was just telling me not to give up. I That's guess. how we find love too, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. Just don't give or up. Do man. give up and then you'll find the right person. <laughs> Exactly. Or do you give up? <laughs> so yeah. what did you, I mean, what, did you make any kind of changes to your resume? Did you have a, did you have a full portfolio? Like what do you think it is that helped you land that first job? That's a great question. So I had built the portfolio all along, but what I found is that as you gain more experience and more knowledge and more practice, your portfolio becomes better and better and better. So the portfolio, sorry, the portfolio that I was showing was obviously not up to par with what people were looking for. Um, so right before I landed that job, I re I redid everything, my entire portfolio. I didn't have anything online. I didn't have a website, but I had some stuff that I created for ILT courses. I, I had, a, I think, one or two sample storyline courses that I put together. They were fresh and new at that time. Um, and I really think that helped me land the job because A, it was fresh in my memory about how I built the course so I could talk about it intelligently. And it was just, um, you know, I think one of the big things about um, interviewers and uh, people who want to hire instructional designers is are looking for the next fresh idea and I was able, because I kept my portfolio current, I was able to show them, I guess, something new that they liked or whatever they liked about it. That's why they hired me. And they literally hired me. I interviewed Thursday and I got the call Saturday that I was hired to start like the next week. So it was a really quick progress. So when it's meant That's to be, it's awesome. meant to be. Yeah. Did you also get a, a salary bump? <laughs> Uh, that's a great question. So with that, with that, um, with that job specifically, uh, I was hired in a certain salary. And then if I made a quota within 30 days to design like 10 courses, they were compliance courses. So they were pretty easy to design because it was just transferring text into, from one course to another. But if I, did I think it with the agreement was 10 courses, they'd bump up my salary like $10,000. So you better believe that I worked my bleep, 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 bleep off to make sure that happened. And it did. Oh, incentives. 
We're going to yeah. talk about that for sure, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Incentives. You know, it wasn't, you know, I was so happy to have the instructional designer position, but then all of a sudden they present to me this opportunity of like, Hey, if you do this in this amount of time, I mean, yeah, there breaks, lunches. What are those? I don't know. <laughs> course is done. <laughs> That's right. No, no TV night uh, with the husband or whatever. It's like, exactly. Exactly. Okay, so you have come so far since those early beginning days. Now you are the owner of eLearning by Dana. And then it was last year, you'll have to remind me about what time it was exactly that you had the vision and, and started the process. But just, just tell us about like this vision that you had and this project that you created called the ELCP and tell us everything about how that came about. Okay. Yeah. Where do I start? Um, get your popcorn out. No. Uh, so I had been asking LinkedIn, I had been asking e-learning focused questions on LinkedIn for about three months before this ELCP project came about. And I was, I was at a job that I knew, I knew they were going to lay me off and they did ultimately, but I knew I had to create some connections and get something going, whether it was going to be full-time work, contract work, whatever it was, like I needed to meet some connections. Um, but after a while, the questions, even though I still enjoy asking those questions, I wanted to like up my game, up my e-learning connections in some way. And I felt like just kind of what you said about experience. I felt like somehow as e-learning developers, we could build a project together. I just thought it was such a cool idea. So it actually came to me at three in the morning, like all my good ideas do. Um, and I posted something on LinkedIn. It was in September last year of 2018 that I posted this, just a random question. Hey, I'm not sure if anybody's interested, but I'd like to collaborate and create an e-learning course together. And from the moment that I posted that question, my notifications on LinkedIn did not stop. It was <laughs> constant, which tells me there is a need for that or a want or a desire that people do want to collaborate and work on something together as a community. Um, but really what it comes down to is ELCP is e-learning community project, just what it means, um, or just, yeah, just what it says, where my tagline was something like building one amazing e-learning course together or something. I don't, obviously I don't have all the details worked out. So that's basically how it started is just me wanting to, I don't know, up my presence, my game, my whatever you want to call it on LinkedIn and really start to build more of a meaningful community, meaningful meaning actually connect, like real connections, like calls, emails, more than just a LinkedIn post and liking it. Right. So that's really kind of where it's all started from was me trying to just make better connections. And then I saw your post. Yes. <laughs> and then I took your post and I said, ooh, can I share with my Facebook group uh, Become an Idol? And then from there, I think, what, we, did we get like 80 people just from that group or something? 
yeah, we got a lot of people from that group. I had had 30 people interested. Um, and that's kind of what I talked to before was I think I, I think it was too easy to join because the thing with volunteers, because uh, it was all volunteer, it was all, hey, I want to do this on my own time. Everybody knew that that was the case. Um, but how do you then wrangle those people in to get the job done? Um, yeah, so I had 80, by the end of the day, I had 80 plus people that were interested. Half of them fell out, which I expected. So there was about 30, 38 or so people that stayed on board. Um, some of them very actively participated more than I thought. And some of them kind of sat back because I really think they weren't sure what to do, which I totally get, which we'll talk about. Yeah. So, and there were, uh, two forms of communication. Well, it started out with, you sent out an email to everybody. Yes. Right. You collected yes. all those email addresses and then you sent out an email to, this is me trying to do recall. And then you did like a kickoff call. Yep. I did a kickoff you, call. You had a Trello board and a Slack board. Yes. Yes. So I was just trying to figure out ways to communicate more. Um, I, I recorded the call and then you helped me actually um, format some type of email so that if people signed up after the call, that there was like this introductory email of everything you missed. And I just think it got, uh, yeah, so to hopefully bring people in and not have them start from the scratch and not know where to turn which I think ended up happening anyway, which is fine. But um, it just, yeah, the whole thing from beginning to end taught me so much about myself, about the e-learning community. I mean, there's a lot of great people out there. I did have, you know, I guess we'll get into it, but I just want to say like, I did have a couple people give me feedback about, they loved being on this project. Like they were going through their own stresses in life. And this is, was kind of a fun way to communicate with like-minded people. Yeah. So I guess, you know, we could just, I mean, we could talk about the conclusion now and then we can kind of walk backwards into. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I always do everything backwards. <laughs> backwards design model. You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, all right. So let's go ahead and get out there. I, I feel like we're like stepping around kind of. So you, your vision for it was to build what, three or four modules for this e-learning course and um your the timeline was what we started in uh so we started in september yeah my my idea was four modules and i i was going to break it down that each team would take a module so a team of let's say 10 people or five people or whatever would take a module of this one single course um, and then the project end date was, I had stated that I wanted it done by November, I think it was like the 15th or something. And my only thought with that was that I knew people were going to get busy around the holidays. So I wanted the project end date to be before the holidays. So everybody's not like stressed out. So started in September. Mm hmm the, the timeline was all the way till right before Thanksgiving. Right. Exactly. And then what happened? <laughs> and then what happened? <laughs> um, so at the beginning, there was a lot of excitement, a lot of people participating. Um, you know, we started, so my idea was to start from scratch. I kept it very loose. 
you know, I didn't have a topic. I didn't have anything. So I thought as a community, as a ELCP community, we could come up with a topic. We could come up with a script. We could everything from A to Z, the design, all of it. So I think what happened is people started getting lost because, you know, ultimately people need directions. I need directions too. So they just weren't sure where to add in their two cents. Um, so we had a, a Slack channel where we talked about the script and that just kind of kept going and going and going. Some people expressed their frustration, some people dropped out of the project, so on and so forth. So, um, you know, I couldn't go backwards and say, okay, let me rewind and redo this. So I just, um, with the help of many people, um, they had a script outline, they had a script, but people couldn't seem to kind of land on the agreed final script. So I just kind of took it and polished it and then sent it back out and said, hey, this is the final script and everybody seemed to be okay with it. So they just, to me, it just felt like they needed guidance. And since I was the one that started the project, they saw me as the quote unquote leader. Yeah. Well, you, you absolutely were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no doubt about that. You're absolutely I don't know if they see me as later now, but that's how they saw me. And I didn't realize that until it was, I mean, I did realize that it sounds silly to say, but I just, I didn't want to be bossy to, because there are volunteers. So that was, I guess, my fear of being the quote unquote leader. But now yeah. I realize that was one of the issues that for me personally was, not just saying, okay, everybody listen to me. Yeah. Well, I think, and that's, I mean, there's so many lessons here. Right. Yeah. And the thing is too, is like, they all bought in cause they saw your vision and they loved it and they wanted to participate. And so they, I mean, so many times I think like this was a learning lesson for me too, just kind of being uh, a witness to it and uh, trying my best to, to help or whatever. But it was um, that they, now need direction. They've bought into your vision and they're like, okay, well, how do we get it done? <laughs> yeah, it, absolutely. And I, I, you know, and I, I, I just had this uh, perception that you manage v volunteers differently than you do employees, which I still think is true, but they still need guidance, direction, coaching, deadlines, you know, they need all of that. So, you know, and, and the other thing about that was these are volunteers. I also should have flipped it to the other side, which was kind of, they're volunteers, but they were doing this for themselves too, right? It's their experience. It's their ability to connect with others. So it was going to be a whole, whole experience for them as well. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And then they probably might have felt the same way that you did because they're like, well, everybody else is mm -hmm. volunteers. So maybe I shouldn't be the one that's the bossy volunteer to the other volunteers. Right. So mm -hmm. it was, I think it was definitely like a, a two way street of just like, well, we want to be like kind and we want to be communal and exactly. Just and and now I realize, and I don't know if this is too late, but um, or too early in the conversation, but now I realize how I need to restructure things differently. Yeah. Okay. Well, we got to we got to tell them what happened at the end. So, yeah, absolutely. 
Okay, so you start you started it in September. It's supposed to end by November. And I'm just gonna recap what I think happens. You yeah. you come and correct me. All right. And then uh we kept pushing out the deadline because just like you said, like people weren't finishing the scripts. They're going back and forth and this and that. Um, and that was even kind of how long did it take us to even come up with the idea or I, the final idea was how about an e-learning course about what is e-learning mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and, then, and then finally like okay good that's their idea and then okay now we have to write out scripts and we have to do the analysis piece and and so we just kept pushing out the date and then finally uh when we finally had a solid script and it was time for voiceover well then we had to do graphic graphics and mm -hmm. um kind of like well how's this template going to look and then like oh who's gonna own the look of the course and <laughs> who's gonna develop and we had so many people that were supposed to develop and you're like well how do all these people develop at the same time mm -hmm. and it all look the same and right. they'll <laughs> match and so it just went all the way until when did you when did you like just cut it off um i think well i honestly i think in my mind even though i wanted to keep it going um i think in my mind by the time the holidays hit i was already like okay i don't think anybody's going to participate but then some people kind of showed interest or where are we at or whatever so you know it it i want to say it lasted and put real big quotes around that it lasted longer like into december but the reason why i want to put quotes around that is i i really think it was done november-ish because people really started and i totally understand that i mean if this was structured differently so i take full responsibility if this was structured differently then i think we could have done it but the fact that a they were missing structure and then we kept pushing, I kept pushing back deadlines because I didn't, I didn't see enough movement. Um, it just, you know, it just ultimately didn't get done, but I would say the project ended in my best guess, like right before Thanksgiving, even though people were still kind of trying to, a couple people were still trying to get it going. Um, I, yeah, it, I would say end of November. Yeah, and then the final product that we had was <laughs> was module one without the assessments. Unless yes. you finish those. Did you finish them? No, no. So, <laughs> so it was going to be this huge course. Um, so if I could talk about that. So it was going to be this, this really cool course where like this, it was going to be kind of a story. So this character, she was on her way to an e-learning um, interview on a subway. And while she's on the subway, these different characters were going to come in. I guess I thought I was Walt Disney or something. <laughs> <laughs> these characters were going to come in and help her explain what e-learning is. And there was going to be this like cool YouTube vibe to it. I, I don't know. It, it looked like a really fun course. It, I, I think if there was more time and, you know, anyway, I, I just think it could have been really cool. But yeah, what we ended up with, you're right, was module one. And it was just the the voiceover, which the voiceover talents was amazing. If I can just yeah. talk about that just for a second. So we had, so my idea was to not only bring e-learning developers together, but to also bring in different people with different skills. 
And ultimately what we got was like professional voiceover talent, which blew me away. We had graphic designers, we had a copywriter, we had all of these different people with all of these different skills. And that was like the, the next level of how do I manage these skills and how do I get them to work together like in this really communal forum, really. Um, but the, but uh, everybody did great, but the end result was um, this one module which you sent to me, which, yeah. which was amazing because the voiceover talent, like the one guy, he sounds like the train, the overhead speaker in the subway, like now boarding. I mean, it was just truly amazing what these people gave. I mean, their talents that they gave to this, to this course. And it was, it, it was incredible. Yeah. That's all I, I can say. It was incredible. So I uh, built out the animations and put it together in storyline yeah. for module one. And I was playing it for my husband because I was like, looky, looky in this cube. <laughs> and he's like, where'd you get all those voiceovers? And I was like, oh, I know, right? That's from this e-learning community project. They just like lended their voices to the project. And he's like, oh my yeah. gosh, that sounds so good. So yeah, of course, Clipper was a robot. But. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was amazing. It was, you know, it, I mean, your animations and their voiceover and just, it was, I just think it was so cool, even though it wasn't finished and even though like it could have used some polishing here and there and, so, you know, the assessment, of course. But I think ultimately, like, I didn't share it with anybody online because it wasn't done. And I'm still debating whether to or not, but I, I definitely see it gave me insight into what the possibilities are. Yeah, I have a little clip of just like mm -hmm. the first version of it or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'll share it in our show notes just so people can kind of get like a little peek at it. But it had, it, we had like such grand ideas. We just all seemed to run out of time and it just never became number one on our priority list because everything yeah. seemed large. Yeah. And I think it, for me, it was, um, you know, when you go to a buffet, your, your eyes are bigger than your stomach. So that was kind of me in this world. It was like, I have all this amazing talent, like Robin can do the animations and I have these voiceover people and I have this and I have that. So I just like went for everything and, you know, I could have reined it in like about 75%. The cool part is, is that, uh, you still have those scripts. So Yes. It's yeah. not dead yet. <laughs> exactly. And it's funny that you say that because I was like, should we start that one over again? <laughs> Just kidding. But um, yeah, I do. I, I still have the scripts and I think the activities would have been cool, like an interactive, how to create an e-learning course kind of thing. And yeah, it could still be amazing. I still believe in the concept. I love the concept. And for <laughs> several reasons, um, including that the final output is actually supposed to go to a nonprofit organization to teach teachers about e-learning, right? Right, right. So that's why I don't want to give up on this. So I think, I think the benefits, uh, um, um, Koshi, I think his name was, he's a copywriter and he came up with multiplying knowledge as the, as the tagline or as the, uh, what do you call it? The identification, right? And I like that because I felt like this project, I'm, we're multiplying knowledge in both arenas. So I'm, 
So it's experience for the e-learning developers and the creators of, of things to come together and create this awesome course. And then on the other side, you're teaching, like you say, you're giving this e-learning course to teachers, to whoever, to a nonprofit organization so that they can either learn themselves or they can give it to their students or whatever. So I, I really like that that tagline of multiplying knowledge because I felt like the knowledge just was spread all over the place. Yeah. And it just gave, so um, even especially for, I mean, maybe we're talking about your next project already, but I really liked the idea of giving people who are new to instructional design kind of a, um, an insider's look at what it should look like as far as like when you have an e-learning team and how that project management should flow and how you can like find your own space within that project team mm -hmm. and uh, just getting exposed to all that talent in your field at once. I mean, yeah. there's a lot you can't, I mean, the four modules weren't complete, but there's a lot that people gain from that, that, you know, you can't take that away. Yeah, and I hope they did. I just my my one concern, my one concern once I was done like in my head mentally with the project was I hope that I didn't deter people from doing e-learning because if this is how a project's because I did feel it was messy. I'll be honest with you. I did feel like it was messy and you know, you can't turn the ship around, right? So it just was what it was. But I was like, oh my gosh, I hope I didn't like discourage people from doing something like this again, whether it's mine or somebody else's or I, I don't know, but it just, people didn't know where to go or what to do. So therefore, maybe it seemed also messy in their mind that e-learning was messy and it's not. And that's why for this next one, like I say, which we'll talk about, but I want it more structured. I want roles. I want assignments. I want everybody knows their place, everything. Yeah. More like a, an assembly line. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you don't, you don't even join the project until your assembly line is ready to go. Like the script is written. We only need so many people for that part. Then your, your part is done. Then we need the, you know, that kind of thing. Oh yeah, that's, mm -hmm. well, let's get into it. I mean, yeah. so, I mean, we, we kind of talked about the good, the bad and the ugly, yeah. but yeah. We, like I said, I mean, we cannot take away like the experience that people had. And mm -hmm. you also set the expectations. I mean, you said that you'd never done anything like this. It was experimental. It was an idea. Mm -hmm. People obviously like they resonated with that idea. They wanted to join in. And so, you know, they kind of got to see like, it was almost like a, like a, what do you call it? An experiment of, oh, mm -hmm. like a, am, not an anthology, what, an anthropomorphic? Nope. Come on, help me out. What's it called? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, it's experiment. <laughs> all right, it's experiment, whatever. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like uh, yeah. the study of human beings. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anthropology. I was going to say anthropology, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. It was a study on human beings and just kind of like communities and what that looks like. And mm -hmm. so, and, well. and I, so one thing to add to that is in, so I earned my master's degree in May of 2018. And um, most of that time I did research on social learning and specifically social learning in an online platform. And I, 
I didn't know, like everybody kept asking me, what does that mean? How are you going to incorporate that? I wasn't sure. And then once this ELCP project came up, I'm like, oh my gosh, this could, this is part of that. Cause it's just a complete social learning experiment, right? Like you're creating the learning, but you're also learning yourself. I mean, there's so much to learn in that one experience. So much. Yeah. That it, I felt like all that, you know, two years of research didn't go to complete waste. <laughs> didn't go to complete waste. It was like, oh, this is, this is, and some of the, the things that I researched are some of the things that I learned from this very experiment. Oh, I know if we could like pull out the data mm -hmm. of just like how many comments were there? When did they stop, you know, <laughs> commenting? Exactly. And, well, you know, like what were the fallout results? Who were the yeah. outliers? There's so much you could like dive into that. Okay. Right. We, so that was the ELCP kind of, we've summed it up. Mm -hmm. So we have, you have these scripts, you still have the vision. So what are like the full lessons that you learned and what would you want to do if, if and when you start the project back up? Uh, yeah. So the main, main lesson that I learned is that people need structure, even myself. And there needs to be some strategy and some planning involved. And what I would do differently is the first thing I would do. So right now I'm building an ELCP page on my website. The idea for that is that when I do this again and I post on LinkedIn, if you're interested, I'm going to immediately send them to that page. Not, I know it sounds self uh, promoting as well, but it's the only website I have. So I would send them to this website and there'd be a sign in sheet or some something, right? So they have to put some effort into it and it would, it would need to be some, I was thinking, I was twirling ideas in my mind and it'd be some kind of um, agreement, right? So I would lay out what's expected. So I think the one lesson I learned is that there weren't enough meetings. Some people were asking for meetings, but then when I sent out an invite of like, who's interested, nobody would respond. So I think I just set a like Thursday at seven or whatever that time is and date, right? So every week or every, however often that, I think once a week would be great. Um, and then whoever wants to join, join. It's a standard set time. They can book it on their calendar, whatever they need to do. So that's the first thing I would do is send out this agreement they would sign it because I think they're, even though this agreement doesn't, I mean, nothing's going to happen if you don't follow the agreement, but I think there is some, some um, accountability when you sign that agreement. Right. Right. Um, and then the next thing I would do is I would on this agreement or in this form, I would ask them to pick one thing that they're interested in doing. So some people, what I found on this last project um, was they signed up for everything, but I knew like people can't do everything. I mean, they can <laughs> technically, but it takes a lot of time. They're volunteers, they have a day job, they have kids, they have family, they have stresses in life. So I think I would set it up to where like one group would do this part, the second group, and you don't even work on the project until you're called, you know, until it's your time. And you know exactly like here's two weeks where you really need to like go for it. But that way people aren't committed to like three months or a month yeah. or however long. Um, and then the third thing I would do, and I've been kind of playing with this idea in my head, but I would really like 
some, so there are three things that I would want to have ready before the community starts. I would want the topic, because I let the community pick the topic the last time. Um, I would have the topic, I would have either the script or the outline of the script, probably the whole script, and then I would have the template. And then I would give them like, here are the graphics that we're gonna use. If you like it, if you don't like it, I don't care, this is what we're using. Because, <laughs> Make it work. Because I was just going to say, because technically at work, like I have clients and it's like, no, you're using these graphics. You're using this image. You're using these colors. I don't care if you like it or you don't like it. So one thing, one thing that took longer than I expected was, and this is what gave me the idea of having um, these formal guidelines, kind of like branding guidelines is we were going to choose colors and that took way longer than I expected. I'm like, Yes, colors are just colors, but it's like <laughs> everybody voted on their favorite color palette. Yeah, everybody voted on their favorite color palette, but it took a while to vote. Then when they voted, they're like, "Well, why did we choose this?" And I'm like, "Well, we voted on it." So it was, there was a lot of so I think if you just choose something and you present it to them and they want to contribute, they're just going to contribute. They're not, you know what I mean? You you take away some of that some of those options. Yeah. You know what's funny about those colors? Though yeah. it was actually uh my color palette that won. And all I did was just put uh my brand colors in there. <laughs> right, right. I know. And I loved it. And it's like, okay. And you know, some people like the other colors and so you know, and it when you get to voting, the one thing I found, and I find this in corporate too, even if it's like, what kind of pizza are we gonna have? I mean, I've had so many weird stories about classroom people in a classroom voting for like what kind of pizza they want it's like no we're not having choices we're getting three pepperoni and one cheese so it's kind of the same way for color palettes it's like everybody has their own subjective like what colors they want and i'm just going to give them the formal branding guidelines for the next project just like like you say just like at work you get branding guidelines you have to work within those guidelines oh yeah i mean all the time that's like one of the first things you ask when you right. do like an, an intake. Oh, well, can you send me over your branding guidelines? Right. And that's exactly so. So I guess the main overarching goal that I want to do this next time is I want to have them experience something more like it would be in a organizational structure, whether it's corporate or educational you always have branding guidelines. It doesn't matter what arena you're in. I think that's awesome. And I think it also just um, further enhance people who are joining because they want to get a taste of e-learning development or instructional design or being on those kinds of projects. And so for them to see what it really looks like kind of in a, you know, in a corporate environment, I think that's going to be extremely valuable. And we should also add some kind of a, uh, incentive like a badge or mm -hmm. something like that or you know they get their names in a in a credit roll at the end of module four or something yeah absolutely I mean I had a credit roll plan everybody was going to get the course so I'd have to figure out that's the other thing that I'm kind of lost in right now so I have all the way up until um the I guess the middle of the project to the completion but uh, I want to figure out how to 
finish the project? Like, how do I roll it out? How do, what makes sense? So I was going to give everybody a copy of the Storyline course and then they could publish it on their own website. But I'm not sure if that's the best way to do this, especially if we're going to do it for a nonprofit organization. And then how do we reach out to those nonprofit organizations? How are they going to upload it? So there's a lot of those questions that I still need to figure out or, or, um, hopefully you can help me with that. <laughs> yes. I actually had some ideas already. I was like, well, we could reach out to them ahead of time. Right. right. So <laughs> I just need those little, so I need, I need those important, not little, I need those important details figured out before I roll out the next one. But, um, you know, right. Yeah. Period. That's all I want to say. About that. <laughs> I think they're, I think these are good plans. I like that you already have plans to move it forward because nobody like does it right the first time ever on anything new. I've never heard of anybody doing something like this before. And so there's, we're always going to like fall our first time, but I don't even think it's a complete fall because it really was like, there are so many things that you can learn. There's so many people now that I um, know from the e-learning community project that yeah. now I like see them in other places and the virtual yeah. space or whatever. And I'm like, Oh, I know them. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, I, uh, um, my, my, it's funny that you say that because my article was going to be, was going to be titled something like the successes of a failed project, but nobody mm. would get except for like you and me, but I think I might still call it that because I think there was, at least in my view, everybody has their own opinion or their own thought about it. But in my view, it was, it was pretty successful in that, yes, it was experimental. Yes, we didn't, we didn't get a course. We didn't get it on time. But those are like the tangible things. But the more meaningful things was I actually built relationships with people. I would have never met you. I mean, there's so many people I met. I had one person who reached out to me. She asked me if I was going to be at one of the conferences. It's, it just, there were so many rewards to it that for me, at least, that, that the rewards outweigh the, 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 the experimental and the failures. Exactly. I love that title, by the way, too. Oh, okay. good. Okay. So we, uh, we have to uh, talk about your final and best tips for people who want to become an idol or an instructional designer, an online learning developer. What you got for them? Uh, practice, practice, practice. So <laughs> the first thing I would say is if you're going to be an e-learning, if you're going to be an e-learning creator, especially, um, so I have two separate tips, one for e-learning creator and one for instructional designer. For e-learning creator, um, and I talk about this in my LinkedIn questions, but, um, you know, story, articulate storyline, Captivate, Camtasia, all three of them have 30 day trials. If you download them separately, that's 90 days worth of practice. You can get a really cool portfolio in 90 days and you would, and you would be able to send something to your interview that features different aspects of your talents and your skills and using different software. Cause you never know if they're going to, if they use storyline or captivate or, um, or Camtasia. So that's the first tip I would use. Um, and then for instructional designers, um, and they are different. I feel like they are different. There's e-learning creators and then there's instructional designers. Instructional designers can be both. But the tip for instructional designer is, I would just say, 
if you're currently, so I want to take it from the world of if you're currently in a learning and development position, but you're not technically doing instructional design, experiment around, like create a PowerPoint deck, two, three slides, practice, imitate what you see that you like from others, and just start to understand. Because when you do it, you start understanding why they format it the way they did, right? But if you're just reading articles, that helps. But once you get your hands dirty and you start experimenting and you start what we talked about, you start figuring out why they did something and why you're going to choose the same thing or something different. It's all about decision making and critical thinking is really what instructional designer is. Yeah, exactly. I love that your tips are all about like the practice of instructional design, the practice of Mm e-learning development. I I just think practice is so key and I've, I've put it out there and there's, you know, there's schools of thought that, you sh- I don't know. There's some schools of thoughts that uh, from some people where it's like, oh, you don't need a portfolio or you shouldn't have a portfolio. And I just, I think that's strange because every interview that I've been to, they want to see a portfolio and that's almost more important than the experience. Heck yeah. And they'll also make you take a test. I don't know yeah. <laughs> about you, but yeah. all of them make me take tests. Yeah. And it's funny they say that because uh, I, I recently, um, it wasn't, it wasn't a test per se, but it was, we're going to give you this information and you have to create an e-learning course with it. Yeah. Oh, okay. An assessment. Yeah, it was, it was, (laughs) yeah, it was an assessment. And, um, so if you don't, you know, and they're expecting in a pretty short turnaround time. So if you don't practice your skills with your 30 day trials, then you won't know where to go that's so key that is critical yeah, it, it really is I mean that's I, I I yeah anyone who wants to be an instructional designer or e-learning person that is my ultimate um, advice is just practice because even in PowerPoint you can do so you can create original custom graphics in PowerPoint if you know the tools I'm doing that right now Right. (laughs) Right. Like PowerPoint is not just for presentations, like an articulate storyline or articulate e-learning heroes says that all the time too, but you can create custom characters, custom animations, custom this, custom that. I mean, I saw, I saw somebody create a Pac-Man game on with, within PowerPoint. So it's really an incredible tool. You just have to know how to use it. Yeah. You can even edit SVG uh, images, which are like images in PowerPoint. Exactly. Exactly. So I would say know your tools, get to know them. If you really, I feel like instructional design and e-learning, it's just one of those careers that you have to be completely passionate about. And there's so much to be passionate about. And Dana, I just want to thank you so immensely for, first of all, your vision for the e-learning community project. I really encourage you to start another one, you know, give yourself a break for sure. Yes. (laughs) But when you start another one, I'm going to be there with you. And I'm sure the Become an Idol family would want to join in too, uh, but they'll be following the rules. And um, (laughs) thank you so much for your time, your wisdom, your insight, and and all that. I'm probably going to have you on talk about something else later too. (laughs) Thank you, Robin. Thank you so much. 
Thank you so much for listening. You can find the show notes for this episode at idlecourses.com. If you like this podcast and you want to become an instructional designer and online learning developer, join me in the Idle Courses Academy, where you'll learn to build all the assets you need to land your first job, early access to this podcast, tutorials for how to use the e-learning authoring tools, templates for everything course building, and paid instructional design experience opportunities. You can sign up for the waitlist at idlecourses.com. Now get out there and build transcendent courses.